I want to share with you first a very important Ramban. The Ramban writes in his famous letter, Igeret Ramban. He says, I quote, Ve'ka'asher takum min sefer He says, when you get up after you learn something, doesn't mean actually get up. It means after you learn something in life, now where did you learn it from? Either you learned it from a book, either you heard it, either there was an experience in your life that you learned something from it. That's all included in when you get up from the book. When you get up from learning something, he says, you must immediately search you must search in what you learned is there some way you can fulfill what you learned in your life now, it doesn't mean you have to fulfill it right this moment. But you have to be able to take what you learned and bring it over into your real life and say to yourself, how is what I just learned applicable in my life? It may be applicable right away. It may be applicable tomorrow morning. It may be applicable in five years from now. But I must be able to take what I'm learning and say, so how does that change me? In the short term, in the long term, both. You follow? That means if a person just learns and doesn't take that step of transferring it from I learned something to how do I apply it? If you don't make that bridge, then everything you learn in your life, no matter how convinced you are of what you learned, and no matter how you learned it, it will stay in the file department. It'll stay filed away somewhere in storage. It says that Ramban, you must make that bridge, you learn something, by the way, you should train yourself, whenever you learn something, you should always see how that applies in your life, and what's going to happen, this is the by the way part, what's going to happen is, you're going to get more clarity in what you're learning, because you'll realize when you start to look at yourself in that story itself. I mean, not only will the story help you, but putting yourself in the story will help you understand the story even more. Or help you understand whatever you learn even more. So it goes both ways. Again, means not only when you learn something and bring it home to you, does it make you, make you apply what you learned, but it actually many times help you understand what you learned more. Because when you apply it to your real life, you realize you see it from a different angle. Does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying?
Now, when it comes to the different times that Hashem gave us in life, the times that He gave us are necessary stops along the road of our greatness. Which means, for example, Shabbat. In order for us to reach our gadlut, our greatness in life, we need every seven days a Shabbat. It's like a car that drives on the road. Every so often, the gas tank gets on empty and you have to fill it up again. If you don't fill up the car when it's on empty, then your car is not going to function properly. And maybe not function at all. In the spiritual world, our neshama, a neshama of a Yehudi, in order to be able to be healthy and running strong, it needs a Shabbat every seven days. One of them has to be Shabbat. Shabbat is like that pit stop that the car makes, the neshama, which is the car, it's driving along the way of life. It's going very fast. It's doing a lot of things. It needs a Shabbat stop to re-energize its spiritual assets. Now, of course, when a person is rushing in his car, he needs to get somewhere. He may want to ignore the the blinking lights that's telling him, hey, fill up, fill up, fill up. He needs to get somewhere. He's in a rush. But at some point, he has to realize, I can't get to where I want to get in life if I don't fill up. Life can be also very fast moving. I'm doing this, I'm going there, I'm doing that, I'm involved with that. If you're not going to take that Shabbat and just stop and utilize the Shabbat, Shabbat doesn't only mean stop working. Shabbat means take from Shabbat everything it has to give you. There is the resting of Shabbat. There is the physical resting of Shabbat. There is the tefillot of Shabbat. There is the learning of Shabbat. It's a whole different experience. Shabbat that is utilized once a week transforms the person, energizes the person. During the year, we also have stops along the way, just like a car. It needs gas every few days. It needs a, an, an oil check every once in a while. It needs uh, the engine needs to be checked every once in a while. So too, along the road of life, in the year, Hashem gave us different times that we need to make that pit stop take something from it and use it for the whole year. 
So for Shabbat, how long is one Shabbat going to last me? A whole week. Until I get another one. But there are certain things that you don't need every week, but once a year. Seven days a year. And that'll get you for the entire year. But again, you have to be able to apply the rule of the Ramban. You have to go in that experience and take something with you to apply it to your life. Kasher takum mina sefer, when you get up from the book, could also mean when you leave Hanukkah. Right now we're in Hanukkah. Hanukkah is once a year. We have an eight-day holiday once a year. Hanukkah is like a sefer, it's like a book. You're supposed to take something from that book and take it with you for the year. A person who goes through Hanukkah and doesn't take anything with them basically just stopped for a few days, did some things, and left it all behind and continued on the road. It's like a person who's going to fill up gas. He fills up the gas, but doesn't take it with him. He puts it in the bottle or, so, or whatever that item is called, and he leaves it there, doesn't take it with him. So every holiday is supposed to give us something that we take with us for the entire year. The question is, what should be our takeaway from Hanukkah? Hanukkah has a number of important um, messages. And I'd like to tell you about one very powerful message that's very relevant to every single one of us. In the Alan Nisim, we basically talk about the war, the Milhama. You know, the miracle of Hanukkah, although we highlight it with the Nerot that they lit for eight days, but the major victory and the major miracle in the time of Hanukkah is that they beat the Greek Empire, which at the time was the world superpower. Like today we have superpowers. They have amazing technology, a huge army. They're unbeatable. The United States of America has a tremendous power, and there are other countries that are considered very powerful countries in their army. In those days, the Greeks were the superpower of the world. And they had full control of the Jewish people in Israel. For 52 years, they were ruling over our people. What would be the ability of Am Yisrael to defend themselves or to fight them? But that was the great victory of the war. The great victory in Ba'am Yisrael, as we say here in the Al Anisim, there were a few people. The Hashmonaim were very select few people. 
And they got the strength and courage to go fight against the powerful Greek army. As we say in the Alanisim, highlighting this awesome victory, we say, Masarta Giborim Beyad Halashim. Hashem gave the Giborim. Who's the Giborim? The, the Greeks. They were mighty. They had the power. But they fell to the hands of the weak. The Hashmonaim were not very powerful people. But they won the war. Verabim Bayad Me'atim. There were only but a few of them. Could you imagine a few, few people come together? A few friends come together? And they go fight the U.S. Army? What, what are you talking about? How is that going to happen? How is that going to work? But that's what happened by Hanukkah. By Hanukkah, the great miracle of Hanukkah is highlighted here that we, Am Yisrael, had a few people called the Hashmonaim and they were able to outpower, outmaneuver and beat the many and the powerful Yevanim. That is the highlight of the Allah Nisim in our Amidah that we say every prayer of Hanukkah. It's important to know that during Hanukkah, right now that we're in, we're capable of taking from that energy and that koah, just like Shabbat has something there for us, and we could take from, from it for the week. Like we say, Shabbat is mekora bracha. Shabbat is the source of all bracha. So too right now on Hanukkah, right now as we're here, we have the capability of taking something with us for the entire year. And one of those things that we could take with us is this unique strength of the individual. The Hashmonaim were a few people. What could they accomplish? But yet, the few people were able to accomplish even more than who knows how many hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people. That is an energy that you find in Hanukkah. Hanukkah, one of its highlights is the tremendous power of one person. We may look at ourselves as the average Joe. But we have no idea how powerful we are as an individual. When you look in the street, everyone looks like they're the same. We're all walking, we all have legs, we all have arms, we all have a head, we all have eyes, we all have ears, so we're equal. All men are created equal. But in our ability to accomplish, we're not equal. 
Sometimes you can have one person who accomplished more than a million people. In the power of the individual is something that we often don't realize in ourselves because we look at ourselves as one of and we don't realize how powerful we could be. We have no idea how much we can accomplish in our lives. We sell ourselves short. We become satisfied with very little. In Hebrew they call that mistapek bemuat. We become satisfied with very little. People will say, you know, thank God, you know, I'm an honest person. I don't steal. I don't cheat. I don't hurt people. I don't speak about people. I live the good life. Now, those things are definitely things to be proud of. If you don't lie and you don't cheat and you don't hurt people, it's something to be proud of. But if you walk away in your life thinking that that's an accomplished life, you're selling yourself short. Could you imagine, could you imagine that when I would get up to speak on a eulogy on Hacham Ovadia, Allah Shalom, and I would say, you know Hacham Ovadia, how great he was. I was once learning a pasuk in Tehillim. And Hacham Ovadia knew the pasuk by heart. I said, Shir la ma'alot, leharim, and he finished it. And he says, Me'ayin yavo ezri. Wow, he knew a pasuk by heart. A pasuk that many people know by heart. That's the greatness of Chalvadja. You don't talk about his depth in Torah. All the Mishnayot, all the Gemarot, Rishonim, Maharonim. When a person says, I'm a good person, I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't steal. Compared to who he could be, that's so little. That's like remembering a Pasuk in Tehillim compared to what he could be. You guys are following me? When a person is satisfied with a little bit, it's laughable. Not because the little bit isn't good and the little bit isn't important, but you're selling yourself short. You're so much bigger than that. You're so much more powerful than that. You think you're the simple guy, you're not simple. If I would show you in Shamaim their image of you, you wouldn't believe it. You would laugh at what you're proud of compared to what, you should, what you're supposed to be. You know, it says, it says that <clears throat> every person, when they're created, they make two images of them. They make an image of them in Shamayim. They leave it in heaven. That's the image of the 
full accomplished version of themselves. They took their potential and they made it completely, completely filled, filled up. They leave that image in Shamaim. That is the great you. And then they send down the person in this world. And now his job is to elevate himself one Mishnah at a time, one Gemara at a time, one Mitzvah at a time, one Chesed at a time. And at some point he elevates himself and hopefully one day he'll be able to have a match between himself here and himself up there. That's what Hazal say when Hashem called Abraham Avinu by the Akedah. Imagine, 130. Abraham Avinu from the time he was a little boy, he was accomplishing. He was working. He was learning. He was teaching. He was helping. He was... At 137 years old, Abraham Avinu by the Akedah, it says over there, Hashem called him, Abraham, Abraham. Why twice Abraham? Says the Midrash. Because at that point, at that moment of the Akedah, there was a match between the Abraham who is on earth to the Abraham who is in potential in Shamaim. So to reach our potential may take a long time. But it's worth the trip because this is the greatness of the person. The greatness in us is not yet realized, but it's there. Your greatness is not somewhere outside of you. Your greatness is inside of you. But you have to bring it out. That's what the Pasuk says by Abraham Avinu when Hashem told him, you're going to have children. Hashem didn't just tell him you're going to have children. He told him, go outside. Go outside. And he says, look at Shamaim. Look at the, look at the sky. He says, Uspora Kohavim says, go count the stars. Are you able to count the stars? By Yomer Lo, Hashem says to Abraham, Ko Echa. Like this will be your offspring. What does it mean, like this? I want to review Midrash. Simply, like this means that there are going to be a lot of your offspring. Like the stars are so many, that's how many offsprings you're going to have. But the Midrash says no. The Midrash says gives a beautiful mashal. I don't know if you ever heard this mashal. It says that one time there's a guy he went traveling 
He's on the road. And on this road that he was on, he couldn't find not a city. He couldn't find a hotel. He couldn't find a tree. He couldn't find water. He couldn't find even another creature. He's on this road, he's traveling, and there's nothing on it. After he went for 10 days, he finally saw a tree from far. Imagine, this is the traveler, he's far. he sees a tree from far. He says, ah, oh, maybe if there's a tree, maybe there's water under it. You know, trees, they can't survive without water. Maybe there's a water over there. When he got there, says the Midrash, he saw that the tree was right by a spring of water. When he left the tree and the spring of water back on his way, Amar le'ilan, ma li levarecha. He's Ilan, how can I bless you? Maybe you saw a similar story like this in the Gemara. But the Midrash brings it as a mashal for Abraham Avinu. He's walking away from the tree and he says, what should I bless you? He says, you already have such beauty. You have beautiful leaves. You have beautiful fruits. You have water that's under you. You're, everything is great. What, what can I bless you? Imagine you have someone who has everything. What could you bless him? If you ever met such a person. We never met such a person. When we see somebody, we bless them because, you know, I bless you. You should have uh, happiness. You should, have a, a, you should have children, you should get married, you should do mitzvot, you should become gadol Torah. But imagine you had someone who was complete. What are you going to bless him? That's his problem. This man didn't know what to bless the tree. It had everything that a tree could ever want. There's nothing left. Ela, he's, you know, he says, I found the blessing. That whatever they plant from you should be like you. Any tree that they will plant from you, I bless that that planting should become like you. Oh, says the Midrash. This is what's going on with Avraham Avinu. Hashem waited many, many years, says the Midrash. Twenty generations came. And there was no great individual that arose from those generations. Could you imagine? 20 generations of people who I'm sure many of them did a lot of good things. But there wasn't an individual that rose up from those generations to become the great person that he was destined to be. Which means, for 20 generations, they made images in Shamaim for each one born. And how many people were able to make a match of their image to who they were? Zero. Again, it doesn't mean that people didn't do good things. It doesn't mean that people didn't grow in their life. It doesn't mean that they didn't have many things they're proud of. But how many people took themselves and became the person? 
Says the Midrash, none. Until, until Abraham Avinu was that tree. Abraham Avinu was that individual. Hashem told Abraham, Ma yesh li lomar lecha. So what should I say to you? What can I bless you, Abraham? He says, I bless you. Kol banim, says the Midrash. All the children. She'atidim la'amod mimecha. All the children that are going to come from you. Yihiyu kemotecha should be like you. Which means that Am Yisrael is blessed that we should have the same ability like Avraham Avinu. And says the Midrash, Minayim. How do I know that? Because the Pasuk says, Ko Yezarecha. What does it mean, Ko Yezarecha? Not that there will be as many as the stars. Ko Yezarecha means, like you will be your children. Just like you were able to take yourself and rise to the top, just like you were able as an individual to change the world, Abraham changed the world. There was a world before Abraham, and after Abraham was a whole new world. He changed the way the world thinks. He changed the way the world behaved. He literally changed the world. Hashem says to Abraham Avinu, just like you as an individual were capable of changing the world, your children, even an individual, will not be the value of one person. Your children... One individual could be the value of millions of people. Your children, one of them will be able to accomplish what millions of people don't accomplish. Which means as the offspring of Abraham Avinu, each and every one of us got from Abraham Avinu this unbelievable koah to be able to be so much more than just one person. Unfortunately, when we live in exile and we measure ourselves compared to the average Joe in the street, so we also become satisfied with being an average Joe. As long as we're doing the things that the people in the street will be proud of, we too become proud of it. But we don't realize that we're... Much bigger than that. Me and you are capable of doing so much more than that. We have the berachav. We have the blessing to be like Abraham Avinu. In what sense like Abraham Avinu? In the sense that we will be able to do so much more than what one individual seems to be able to do. In fact, some explain, based on this Midrash, that the story when Hashem told him, go outside, go count the stars. So what does Abraham do? He goes to count the stars. Hashem says, but you can't count stars. 
You can't count stars. Billions of stars. In this galaxy alone, there are over 100 billion stars. You can't count stars. But yet, Abraham Avinu goes outside to count the stars. He doesn't say, oh, counting stars is impossible. I can't do it. Why would I even go outside to do it? Imagine someone will tell you, you should go jump to the moon. So you go outside and you start jumping. Some might look at you and say, that's foolish. What are you jumping? You know you can't jump to the moon. Why are you even trying? But Abraham Avinu is not that kind of person. Hashem gives him an impossible mission. You know what he does? He tries. He's why not? Hashem says to him, Your offspring, your children will be like that. They will be able to look at things that nature and people would say, Impossible! There's no way to accomplish that. There's no way to do that. But they will do it. Your children will be able to go way beyond what normal people think is normal. In fact, there's a Midrash that says on this same Pasuk, what a, what a powerful Pasuk, when it says, Vayotse Otoa and Hashem took him outside. So the Midrash says, What does that mean? He took him outside. So the Midrash says, There's beautiful words. It's actually Gemara Masechet Shabbat. The Gemara says, Minayin, from where do we know? She'en mazal Yisrael. What's a mazal mean? Huh? What does it mean, mazal? Mazal means Hashem created, right? The word mazal means Hashem created a certain uh, nature and the world will live under the rules of nature. Says the Gemara, but Am Yisrael doesn't have a mazal. What does that mean? Doesn't have a mazal. We also live in nature. What does that mean? Doesn't have a mazal. So the Gemara says, "Vayotze oto ahutza." He took him outside. Says the Gemara. What does it mean? Hashem took Abraham outside. That's a what. Amar Avraham Lifnea Kadosh Baruchu. Avraham tells Hashem, Ribonoshel Olam, Master of the Universe. He says, Ben Beti Yoresh Oti. He says, My servant Eliezer, he's going to be my uh, Yoresh. Amar Lo, Hashem says to him, Lab, no. Your servant's not going to be the one who inherits you. Kiim Asher Yetsemi Mecha. It's going to come. You have a, you're going to have a son. No, you're going to have a child. Amar lefanav. Hashem, Abraham tells Hashem, Ribono shel olam, Master of the universe, Nistakalti, I looked, Be'istagninut sheli. They used to have these uh, powers. They will be able to see things. So he looked in the constellation. I don't know where he looked. And he says, Ve'eni ra'ui leholid ben. 
I am not, it, it says in the study of the constellation, that according to their calculation, I cannot have this boy. Amar Hashem says to him, when it says, it means he's telling him, you're not under the umbrella of nature. Oh, you saw in the nature of things, you're not going to have a child? You are, you don't live under nature. Abraham Avinu does not have a boundary called nature. We live above nature. A, a, a Yehudi is able to raise himself above what people would say is nature. Whatever people say is normal. In fact, I told you this once before maybe. The Imahot. All the Imahot that gave birth. The matriarchs of Am Yisrael. Each one of them was barren. Sarah, Rufka, Rahel, Leah. Why are they all barren? You know what barren means? Barren means you cannot have a child. Not that you're not having a child. You cannot. You're barren. Akar. How come all the imahot of Am Yisrael were barren? You know what the answer is? Because barren women cannot have children. In the world of nature, barren women are childless. But our nation was born above nature. If we look at ourselves today, we are already above nature. We shouldn't even be born. We shouldn't have a matriarch called Sarah. Because Sarah can't have a child. How can we be our children? We shouldn't have a matriarch called Rivka. She can't have a child. Our very existence is above nature. The fact that we could say, we are the children of Yaakov Avinu, the children of Yitzhak and Abraham, every time we say in the Amidah, Elohei Abraham, Elohei Yitzhak, Elohei Yaakov, these are our fathers. What do you mean your fathers? How can they be your fathers? Their wives are barren. How can they be your fathers? What are you talking about? Impossible. The fact that we are the children of these people is already above nature. That's what Hashem told Abraham Avinu. You are not limited by the nature of this world. What people in the world say, well, you know, there's just so much you could do. There's so much you could be. You're not limited by that. You are above nature. It doesn't matter what the constellations say. It doesn't matter what the nature says about you having a child. It doesn't matter because you're above it all. That's what it means. In Mazale Yisrael, you and I are not held back by the limitations of the natural world. What people will say is the norm. We don't have that limitation. Ko yezar echa. Gentlemen, ko yezar echa. Call means just like you, your children will be. Me, I am a mini Abraham Avinu. I say mini because I haven't reached his greatness yet. But I have the same capabilities. 
I could change the world. I could become things that people out there can't imagine is real. In all areas of life. I'm Yisrael, by the way, in the history of this world, I'm Yisrael sticks out in so many areas as accomplished things that people could not imagine is possible. Just look at Israel today. It's only 70 years old. You drive through the streets of Israel, you think you're in a country that's been there for thousands of years. The roads are built up, the army, they built up a strong army, their technology, their, that's just not, not even the religious part. Just, just their accomplishments as a nation. You go to countries, they've been around for thousands of years, and they still call them third world countries. They're still trying to figure things out. Only 70 years. The country of Israel, you go to it, remember, 70 years ago, there was nothing there. Could you imagine? 70 years ago, nothing there? How, how does that happen? Look at all these buildings that are going up. Look at the streets. Look at the beauty of the country in so many ways. Look at the power of the people in it. 70 years? You, and is oh, must be a lot of people there. There's a few million people. All Israel is five, six million Jews. Billions of Arabs surrounding us. Billions. Is it possible that billions of Arabs will surround five million Jews in a new country? They just took over? They're still trying to organize themselves. Each one is coming from this country. They're coming from that country. They're coming together. Kibbutz Galuyot. People trying to find their footing somewhere in this land. Is it possible that a few million people, individuals that come from out of town, are going to be able to stand up to billions of people who have been in their land strong for hundreds, thousands of years? What are the odds? You think Hanukkah happened only in Hanukkah? Masarta giborim beyat halashim, rabim beyat me'atim. You don't see it today. You don't see it with your own eyes. A little country, you can't even see it on the map. Surrounded by billions of enemies. Billions. Is it possible to survive? How? So you'll say, oh no, they have a great army. I know, but how? Think all the what, what what happened to the nature? There's no country in the world like Israel. It's above nature. Does it make sense? Everything about Israel makes no sense. Not its economy, not the way it's built up, not its army, not its survival. Doesn't make sense. Look in the whole world, you won't find a country like that. Because the whole world lives under something called nature. Mazal. Am Yisrael has the power of Abraham Avinu. Ko yiyeh zarecha. We 
do not have a limitation by the nature of things in anything that we do. Such a powerful thing to keep in mind. The miracle of Hanukkah is not just about celebrating what happened a few thousand years ago. It's picking up the energy that we found clearly during this time a few thousand years ago and taking it for your own life. Stop looking at yourself as a regular person. You're not a regular person. You're the children of people who couldn't have children. You're a walking miracle. You're not regular. You're a miracle just that you exist. And Hanukkah is supposed to be that once a year for eight days where we stop and say, Masata giborim beyat halashim rabim beyat me'atim A few people can make all the difference. Don't sell myself short. I can become a very big person in this world. I just need to realize what I can become. Don't sell yourself short. You can become a very big person. In your Limuda Torah, you can become very big. How much there is to learn. There's so much to learn. So much chokhmah to learn. Don't sell yourself short. In your mitzvot, in your chesed, in your midot. Don't compare yourself to the people in the street. I mean the good people in the street. The people in the street that are not good, of course you don't compare yourself. I'm talking to good people in the street. You should never look at yourself and say, well, I'm a good person. What? I don't hurt people. I don't punch people. I don't steal from people. I don't lie. I don't... I'm good. That's what the people in the street say. You're not good when you just live according to what they consider good. You're way above that. You need to have big dreams. Vaya halom Yosef halom. When you look at yourself as a small person, you will be a small person. You need to have big dreams of yourself. You could be a very big person. You could be the Abraham, Abraham. The only thing that's stopping you from being the great you is that you don't see yourself as anything more than what the street says is considered decent and great. Your standards of greatness are based on the norm of the street. And you're not understanding that you literally can change the world. First, you have to change yourself. You're capable of so much more. It's such a disappointment to yourself, to myself. When I don't live up to my greatness, it's such a disappointment. What a tragedy.
You know how big this tragedy is? When we sell ourselves short. I gave you the example of Hamavadja. And you all left because you said, oh, come on. Because you remember the Pasuk, that's his greatness? Or you only left because you saw Hamavadja in his greatness? But if I would have told you about Hamavadja when he was 10 years old, or 13 years old, or 15 years old, and I told you about him, how he, he knows Pesukim by heart, you might have been very impressed. You said, wow, he's doing great, this kid. Amazing. <laughs> look what he knows look what he does you're only impressed with what you are today because you haven't dreamed of what you could be you're only not laughing at yourself for, what, for the little that you're accomplishing because you're not dreaming of the great you the reason why you left by the Hamavadja story is because you already saw the great person that he became and said, that's it? Oh, he, he said a pasuk by heart? People say that all the time, by the way. They'll say, oh, my grandpa was a great man. He knew so many pasukim by heart. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. But there's so much more than that. You're only proud of that. You know, sometimes people say, this guy, he put on feeling every day. That's it. That's it. He put on tefillin every day. Again, it's beautiful to put on tefillin every day. But that's it. Now, we may walk away from someone saying that and say, wow, okay, very nice. Hazak Baruch. But if you would have seen that person and what he's supposed to look like, you would say, what a disappointment. What a disappointment. That this guy, by his funeral, they're saying he put on tefillin every day. That's it. Like I said, unfortunately, we get satisfied with a little. You know why we get satisfied with a little? Because we don't have a bigger vision of ourselves. We limit ourselves. The same way we find limitations in the street. It's a very big tragedy. It's such a big tragedy, by the way, that when the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur He goes into the Holy of Holies, the Kodesh Kodashim. He goes only once a year. On Kippur, he spends only a few minutes there. So let's imagine the greatest, the holiest day, the holiest man, the holiest time, holiest place. This is a moment. Lehavdil, a billion times more. When a guy's, you know, World Series, bases loaded, down by one, three two pitch, ball down the middle. That's a moment. This is it. That's a moment. It's a once a year moment. What does he do in that moment? So the Gemara says that he prays. He uses that moment for tefillah. Not for himself, for Klalisa. It's a moment. He has, you have this very intimate setting 
between you and the creator of the world. Wow. Time to pray. Ask for something. What does he pray for? So you would think maybe he goes into tefillot like, uh, who knows, for hours. He doesn't. It says he prays very short tefillah. What does he ask for? First thing he asks for is that Am Yisrael should have rain. Today, maybe we don't feel the need for rain. But rain is essential just to be able to eat. It's a very big problem if there's no rain. So he says, please Hashem, this year should be a rainy year. So we should be able to produce food. Nice. Makes sense. We can all appreciate that. The need to eat is a basic human need. And then he prays that the Jewish people should not need each other or need another nation. We should be self-independent. I shouldn't come to you and say, could you give me dinner, please? I shouldn't come to my friend and say, could you please give me money? Kol Shekin, all the more so. I shouldn't go to my neighbor on the other side of my country and say, go to a foreign country and say, could you please give us? To be independent. Beautiful. What a beautiful baracha. And then, listen to this. He says, Hashem, please, this year should be a year where no woman has a miscarriage. A woman is pregnant. She's ready to have a baby. And at some point in the pregnancy, the baby dies. It's called a miscarriage. He prays that no woman should have a miscarriage. Having a miscarriage is a lot of pain for a, for a mother. But I ask you, is there not something more essential that Am Yisrael needs than women having miscarriages? Again, not to discount that pain, but isn't there other things? Like for example, how about the woman who never got married? Why don't you pray for her? How about the woman that didn't have a child altogether? Forget miscarriage. She's going to get pregnant. How about the people who are sick? Chole. Amoy Yisrael. Not praying for them. Aren't there a lot of sick people there? There are more sick people than there are people having miscarriages. Why is this the focus of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur? What makes this tefillah so critical? I once saw something very beautiful, so, so relevant to all of us. There's two types of miscarriages. What's the pain of a regular miscarriage? Pain is you have a life, potential life, it's about to be born, and then that potential life is gone. It's very painful. You almost had a baby. It's painful gone. A potential life is not going to be lived. That's one kind of miscarriage. The normal one. The conventional one. But another kind of miscarriage. 
when the person is born. He made it. He's alive. But he has so much potential. That image of him in Shamaim is so big. He's so smart. He has so much opportunity. He could accomplish so much. Maybe he has a great family behind him. Maybe he has great money behind him. Maybe he has a great community. Who knows? Hashem gave this person that's born, He gave him such powerful potential. The image of him in heaven is so big. And what's he doing? He's living like an average Joe. That's also called a miscarriage. It's not a miscarriage in physical life. It's a miscarriage in greatness. The Kohen Gadol in Yom Kippur is praying that no woman should have a miscarriage. Not the first kind, not the second kind. That people should realize their greatness and realize how much more they can do in their life. People shouldn't self, sell themselves short. We have the blessing of We're so much more, we're so much bigger than we dream to be. This is really one of the most important takeaways of Hanukkah. When we read those words in our tefillot, we must remember the Hashmonaim were regular people just like me and you. And guess what? For 52 years, they were there and they couldn't fight. They weren't born. Hashmonaim were not born great people. Nobody's born great. Avraham wasn't born great. He made himself great. The Hashmonaim made their life great. How much could you accomplish as one person if you make your life great? Hanukkah says you can accomplish more than millions of people put together. Especially if you are the offspring of Abraham Avinu. Make your dreams much bigger. Let your sight see much further. It's not enough to be average, it's not good enough to be good enough. Why not? Why can't you be one of the great people in the history of this world? Why not? What's stopping your greatness? You. Nobody else. That's the greatness. Yosef Sadiq was one of the greatest humans that ever stepped on the planet. Is he different than you? No. You both come from Abraham Avinu. What maybe made him different is Vayahalom Yosef Halom. He dreamt 
of becoming big. He wanted to be a melech. He wanted to be a king. Not like we think, make king so he can get honor. No. A king has so much power to influence others, to help others. The kindness that a king can do is not for one individual. It's for millions of people. Imagine Yosef leaving Mitzrayim, how much good he did for so many millions of people. Yosef didn't dream of becoming a great person just between him and himself, helping a couple of people here and there. Unfortunately, by us, we feel that way. Oh yeah, I gave charity last week. I helped that person last month. I visited my mother yesterday. We get excited about what we do, but we get too excited. We look at what we accomplish. Oh, I learned this much. I learned that much. We get too excited. And we're not dreaming big enough. You need to see a much bigger image of yourself. And by the way, it doesn't matter the age either. The younger you are, the better. But even as you get older, you, so much more. Rabbi Akiva started at 40. 40 years, imagine 40 years of his life. He wasted his life for 40 years. So what could he possibly accomplish starting at 40? Became one of the greatest people in the history of mankind. That Moshe Rabbeinu told Hashem, you should give the Torah to Rabbi Akiva. Why are you giving it to me? That's how great he became. Time doesn't, doesn't play a role here. Remember, we're not bound by nature. Not by your muscle and not by time. We must walk out of Hanukkah feeling a new energy for the greater me. And of course, we should use that energy for something lasting, something real. You know, Hashem gave us in this world a great love for money. I'm sure you know what that is. Everyone loves money. Don't be embarrassed if you love money. It's inborn. You see sometimes even little children, little kids don't understand anything. They love money. Give them a coin. Give them a dollar bill. Love it. There's an inborn love of money. By the way, it's not even loving what money can do for me. Just love to have money. And we work, we'll work very hard to have more money, even if we have enough money to live. We want more. We'll travel the world. We'll give up so much in our lives so we could have more money. Again, I'm not talking about a guy who needs money to be able to eat food with him and his family. That's called working to survive. I'm talking about just loving money for having money. I have this much, I want more. But, but your life's not going to change if you have more. I know, but it makes me, make me feel more accomplished. 
Somehow, having more money makes us feel more accomplished. We love it. Where did this love come from? Hashem created every person with a love for money. Why did Hashem make? By the way, the word kesef, the word kesef, which in Hebrew is money, the root word of kesef is to long for something, to want something. Nechsefa le'ram kaleta nafshi means my soul desires you. The word kesef comes from the word desire. When you really want something. Kesef is something that every human really wants. Why did Hashem make every human want money? The answer is because Hashem always gives us a mashal, a parable in the physical existence so that we could learn from it something for the spiritual existence. Meaning, Are you putting all your effort into your spiritual greatness? You might think, yes, what? I'm doing a lot. But wait, let's compare how you put in your effort. Effort means physical, means worry, thinking about your money. Money becomes your example are you really putting effort in what you're doing? Well, let's compare how much money, how much effort you put into your money. A person who's working and making money and traveling and, and worrying and checking his bank account every other day and or maybe every hour and and hey, one second. Do you treat real life like that? Money's not real life. You need money to live. That's not real life. Money is something that stays with you and at best it leaves you after a person expires. It's not real life. It's not part of you. You don't take money with you. You need money to live. Money is good. It could help you live. Money could help you do mitzvot. Money helps you live. But money isn't life. The reason why Hashem made us love money is He wanted to give us an example and say, listen, if you love something like money, which only gives you the ability to live life better, how much more so should you be spending on life itself? When you learn it's life itself, you're a different person that stays with you. It's not something anyone could take away from you. When you help somebody, that's life itself. That's who you are. Great story I once, once saw. Beautiful story. Actually, someone came to speak in the yeshiva about a Holocaust survivor who became a very successful businessman. 
and they showed in a certain clip they had a video of him going back to the old country. And he was showing us the neighborhood. This is where I lived. This is where the Nazis in Mahshimam came into our town. They walked in from here. They started grabbing people. And then all of a sudden he points to a balcony. A certain balcony. You see that balcony? The house was still there. The balcony was still there. He says, then that balcony, me and my grandmother were hiding. When the Nazis in Mahshimam came to round up the Jews. And we hid there. Me and my grandmother. Nobody else was left. They took everybody else. They took my parents. They took my siblings. And right on that balcony, he says, my grandmother told me something on that balcony. She said, I want to tell you something. These people could take away your life. They could take away your family. They could take away your money. But Felix, listen, that was his name. Felix is one thing that nobody could ever take away from you. And that's what you give to others. What you give to others is yours. The money you keep for yourself, one day, will become somebody else's. The money you give to help somebody, that's yours. That's real. That's your accomplishment. When you learn Torah and you learn Chokhmah, that's yours. When you conquer a characteristic that you're struggling with, that's yours. When you become an ish sameah, a happy person, real happiness from inside, that's you. When you become humble, that's you. When you become patient, that's you. You know why Hashem made us love money so much? Because He wanted to give us a mashal. Look at that. Look how much time you're spending on getting something that could help you in your life. How much more so should you at least the same be spending on life itself? Do you have the same dreams for life itself as you do for how much money you're going to have? Do you worry the same way about life itself than for the money that you might make or not? That's why Shlomo Melech. Look what he says in Mishle. Look what he says. Im tevakshena kakasef. Ah. Look at the beautiful words of Shlomo Melech. He says, you want to know if you're headed to greatness in life? You want to know if you're making something of your life that's really precious? You want to know if you're elevating yourself to the great potential? You that's in Shemaim? How will you know? Am I doing enough in my life? 
Am I? How will I measure it? Maybe I am. I feel like I'm doing a lot. I'm sure everybody here feels like they're doing something or more than something or maybe even a lot of something. How will I know if I'm doing enough? Says Shlomo Melech. Listen to these words in Mishle. Amazing words. Im tevakshena chakasef. Wow. If you're looking for your greatness, if you're investing in your real life, if you're investing in the real you, like you look for money, That's why Hashem gave you a love for money. That's why Hashem made it. You work so hard for your money so that one day you'll be able to ask yourself a question. Do I invest in myself the same way I'm invested in money? When you start to search in life, for your greatness like you search for money then as then you'll understand how much more you'll be able to achieve in your life in the form of in the form of Torah and mitzvot and chesed and midotovot in, in the term of being a great you. It's obvious. We look around the world. While all men may be created equal in certain ways, but we're definitely not all equal. Sometimes you'll meet a person and he's a giant amongst men. But he's no different than you. Because you both have the same father. You both have the same genes, the same DNA. This is one of the most powerful takeaways of Hanukkah. Let's not just celebrate Hanukkah by lighting nerot. Rather, by lighting the nerot in our lives. One of the things a ner does is give you the ability to see and one of the things that unfortunately we don't see enough is the image of our greatness that we haven't yet brought into the material world. Can you see your greatness? Can you see yourself? The great Moshe, the great Eliyahu, the great Ezra, the great Daniel, the great Yitzhak, do you see what you are capable of being? Do you see it? Hey, take a candle, put it on. Let's see if you could see it. And start dreaming big. And don't get weighed down by the street 
and their limitations. You and I have something very special. We come from Rabim Meyad Me'atim. Giborim Be'ad Halashim. We don't measure our abilities and capabilities with the people in the street. Because we have a much greater vision of who we can become. Unfortunately, in times of galut, maybe, maybe, just saying my, on my own, maybe that's why Hanukkah only came later on in history. How come we didn't need Hanukkah before 2,000 years ago? How come 2,500 years ago they didn't need Hanukkah? Hanukkah only came to our nation a few thousand years ago. But we're saying it's a very important time. So how come in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu they didn't need Hanukkah? How come then they didn't need once a year to uh, upload the, the gasoline of Hanukkah? How come in the time of Yeshua Binun, in the time of David Melech, they didn't need Hanukkah? On my own I'm saying this. Perhaps... When Am Yisrael was all together in Eretz Yisrael, it was obvious that we're above nature. It was obvious that we're not regular. You walk, you walk through the streets of Yerushalayim, you'd see prophets. You'd see Yeheskel and Yeshayahu and Yirmiyahu, and you'd see great people all around you. But when we went into Galut, we went into exile, the bar just got lowered. When we're living around people who measure their accomplishment with something much smaller, then we took our dreams and made them smaller. And perhaps that's why we need Hanukkah. When they didn't need it. We need to have a much greater image of ourselves and realize our strength. That is kasher takumina sefer. When you get up from the sefer, which sefer are we getting up from now? From Hanukkah. Figure out a way how to incorporate that in your life. I feel so elevated from this principle because me just like you feel like I'm doing enough we should always be proud of what we're doing but it should never be enough the only limitation on your life is the limitation you put on yourself 